Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to Atlanta Business Radio, our special Women in Technology edition. Stone Payton here with you. Please join me in welcoming back to the Business Radio X microphone, friend Sandy Welfare. How are you? I'm doing very well, and thank you for having me. Well, you're looking chipper. You must be getting excited. I know we have this big powwow coming up here before too too long. What have you guys been up to over there at WIT? Pretty much all things WIT Connect. So it's also our 25th anniversary. So this is a big deal for women in technology. So tell us a little bit about that. You're out visiting with the people who are are making this work. You're, you're, you're talking to the organizations in the community that have been so good about contributing. And it's not just... Uh, money that organizations contribute. It's time and, and, and talent. Tell us a little bit about that and the kinds of things that you're, that you're able to bring to the folks within the WIT ecosystem because you have these, uh, I don't know, what's the benefactors, these, these folks that really want to help. I mean, truly our WIT partners, which of course NTT Data is, we really look at this as a return on investment from both sides. We see this as a long-term relationship. We don't ever want a one-hit wonder. We really look at leveraging what can we do to give them a platform? What can they do to help us advance women in the workplace? And so for us, it's like a win-win scenario. And of course, NTT Data has been doing this for us for several years. So we're very excited for the upcoming WIT Connect. And I think that's as good a tee-up as any to let the folks know we have with us, not from across the street, not from across town, but uh, all the way from Texas? All the way from Texas, <laughs> the great state of Texas. Please join me in welcoming to the show Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer with NTT Data, Miss Mona Sharif. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are delighted to have you. You've gotten a chance to experience some Atlanta traffic. <laughs> I have. I have. Something else. So how long have you been here? You've been here for a day or two? Uh, just uh, just last night. We just got in last, last night. night. Got to fight the traffic from the airport. That was an interesting experience. <laughs> so what's on the itinerary? What, what all will you do while you're here? Oh, uh, you know, just to just visit some of our clients. We've got Coca-Cola as one of our uh, clients here in town. So uh, hopefully visit some of the folks there and, uh, of course, uh, sponsor WIT and make sure that we get the word out about the event coming up here in uh, June. So what compelled you to get involved with WIT? What was the driving factor for you guys? Well, for, for NTT Data, we have, a, we have a long history of supporting women in technology and supporting STEM. So the science, technology, engineering, math relationship was very aligned to us philosophically. So it, it made a lot of sense. Now, I, I actually had the pleasure of being here two years ago and spoke as the keynote uh, speaker for the for the WIT to Connect event. And at that time, I was representing Dell Services. Mm-hmm. Well, just a few months ago, NTT Data bought Dell Services, and our business is now called NTT Data Services. So we've had a long relationship with WIT Connect through, through Dell, Dell Services, and now NTT Data. So what did you speak about two years ago? Oh, two years ago, I talked a little bit about my my journey and my history and and how I uh, how I came up through the ranks in technology and how um, all of us need to support women who are trying to make their way in this industry. 
So I was there two years ago, but I wasn't listening to your talk because we were broadcasting live at the event <laughs> and interviewing different You were folks. a little distracted. So yeah, I was a little bit distracted. We had a, a marvelous time. It, it is so fun it's a and great so event. rewarding. Uh, but but since I wasn't there, it's a great you, event. Give me some highlights from your from your. Oh, your you're asking me to go back two years. <laughs> oh my gosh! Or do, you know what? Let's make it easy. Just tell us your backstory. I think that's my backstory. Be, yeah. Well, actually, I I started my career with a company called EDS that Ross Perot founded. Yeah. And uh, and that was in the early '90s. That was really before a lot of some of the stuff that we're seeing today around cloud and digital and automation had come about. So it was just in the early stages. And and I kind of grew up at EDS. And then when I got my MBA, was recruited over to Lucent Technology, kind of in the ICT space, uh, communications and technology space. And then went back to EDS in the late 90s, right around the year 2000, when everybody was trying to deal with the the great big bubble of the 2000 that ended up being a pretty much a non-event. And then I, I stayed there at EDS until HP bought us. And then I uh, became part of HP Enterprise Services and then was recruited over to Dell about four years ago. And then, as I mentioned, NTT Data bought Dell Services. So... So that's that was kind of my journey. But one of the things I talked about was how important it is for us to create an ecosystem around you know women who are trying to make their careers in this fairly tough industry and how we need to uh, help encourage them to take risks and do things that are outside of their comfort zone and take chances and and seize opportunities as much as possible. All right. So in summary, you started at 13 and you can't hold a job. That- <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I did start fairly young. And, and you know, the, the industry was growing so fast at that time that, that every opportunity that I had was, I mean, a lot of those opportunities were scary. You know, that I was a you know, 20-something-year-old and, and I was given really big responsibilities. And at the time, I remember saying to my mother, can you believe they're letting me do this? And, and, <laughs> and the fact is that, you know, that's how we grow. That's how we grow. We don't grow when we're in our comfort zone. We grow when we're when we're out of our comfort zone and we're doing those things that are a little bit scary and challenging. And those are the types of opportunities that we need to encourage. Uh, we need to encourage women and men to to be taking. I have a I have a 17 year old son and a 15 year old daughter. And to me, the important thing is that they're both given equal opportunity to to try things and to do things and to grow outside of their comfort zones. Now, do you have a sweet spot? Does the NTT Data Services have a sweet spot, specific industries that you really gravitate towards? We do. I mean, our, our business is all around infrastructure services, application services, business process outsourcing services, and we serve all industries. We're very strong in healthcare, in financial sector, in manufacturing, in government, so we've got we've got clients in in all those industries, and and if I may, you know, I'd just love to tell you a little bit about what we do in each of those industries or or who we serve. Absolutely, okay. please. Okay, so um, just to just to give you a flavor for the size of the business in in financial services and insurance, we we serve the top twenty five leading financial institutions in North America with some of those types of services I talked about. In healthcare, we work with half of the U.S. hospitals and the top 10 health plans that manage millions of covered lives. And you may not know this, but we process more than 100 
million healthcare claims every year. Wow. It was huge. In the public sector, we serve more than 50 federal agencies and military branches, 25 states and municipalities. And in manufacturing and commercial industries, we have clients in more than 40 countries around the world. And more than 50 of the Fortune 500 global manufacturers and the top 10 automotive companies worldwide are our clients. So you may not have heard of us, but we do a, a lot of work in a, in a broad array of, uh, of industries. Well, thanks to Sandy and her posse, have heard of you. And boy, Mona, have you been busy. You've really done a lot. We you? have. We have. <laughs> we're very proud of what we've done. And we're very proud of, of the way that we help our clients really uh, meet their business outcomes and, and solve their business challenges. So uh, special areas of expertise, are there, are there things that you bring to market that really differentiate you from maybe others that kind of represent themselves as serving some of these same kinds of needs? Yeah, I would say the things that we really focus on are, uh, again, how do we help our clients with achieving the business outcomes that they need, not just now, but also in the future and looking to what their challenges are going to be, you know, coming down the, the pike. And one of the things that we that we pride ourselves on is the decades of experience we have across all these industries and being able to take what we do in one industry and apply it to, to another industry. Um, the applications that we support or, or that we build, we can create mobile applications, for example, in the healthcare industry to help Doctors monitor their their patients' conditions remotely. We create financial applications for Fortune 100 companies to manage their accounting. Um, we we've helped uh, in the infrastructure space modernize, manage, and secure um, entire IT environments and data centers. We manage more than 240 data centers around the world. Uh, for business process services, we do everything from claims payments, as I mentioned. But we can also come in and take over a, a company's entire business process. So, so across the what we call the stack, kind of up the stack from infrastructure, applications, business process outsourcing, uh, through through the entire stack and across a, a variety of industries, we were we really have a. a broad array of services that we bring to bear for our clients. Well, I got to tell you, all of that sounds impressive to me, but what really strikes a chord with me is what you described as your capacity to harvest information, strategy, tactic, intellectual property, or whatever from the work that you're doing and then shape it, remold it, whatever is necessary right. to bring it to the next set of clients. I mean, that's, that's right. wow. And, and the, the other benefit that we have is being part of NTT Group, which is a $100 billion organization based out of Japan. And NTT Group partners with, you know, 85% of the Fortune 100. So, you know, clients, clients at the highest levels uh, in the world and invest nearly $2 billion in R&D. And when you think about that, you know, many of our competitors aren't even $2 billion organizations. And our parent yeah. company is investing <laughs> $2 billion in research and development. And we can bring that to bear to our clients as well. And we do. Sandy, we got to get more Monas out there, <laughs> right? No, th this is um, this is a real issue. Continues or, or get us caught up on the state of the of the issue. 
But having young women, getting them interested and involved in um, STEM, I think was the the the, the yeah, and label and, for and, and, and we kind of go back and forth between STEM and STEAM. I think now we've added the arts right. into into STEAM, and I think that's important as well. It is, but I think uh, Mona really downplayed her uh, keynote speak speech because she really uh, honed in on the fact that we really have to have male and females. Um, what I think that sometimes women in technology, and I'm just using that as a general term, we tend to speak to the choir. And I think that her speech really um, basically required the men in the audience to step up their game. And I really love that part of her conversation because it really was more Uh around, I'm a professional and I'm willing to reach back and help others. And I need you all to do the exact same thing. And I think that she received a rousing um, applause for that. Thank you. (laughs) I'll bet you did. It must be incredibly rewarding work for you, Sandy, to to get to have these kinds of relationships and get to know people like Mona, companies like NTT Data Services. You must you must learn a ton and just have a ball. I mean, I'm sure it's hard work, right? but you must really have a good time at this. I mean, it's it's a great opportunity for me to meet for me to meet the next leaders of what I would consider the Fortune 500. So when Mona becomes you know, CEO of some other company. I'm not going <laughs> to no, be no, surprised. No, no, no. I'm very happy where I or am. Even very, CEO very of NTT Data. So, <laughs> you know, I think that um, she is what I would consider the leadership path that many women want to t- want to take. And more importantly, she's reaching back to tell other women how to do it. And I think that's the most important aspect of it all. So, where is the hole in our swing? Is is it in public education? Or are we just not getting these young ladies exposed? Is it a mindset? What what can we do? I think it's a variety of things. I think it's partly exposure. It's partly um, us as women being having the courage to take risks and to take on challenges that are so outside of our comfort zone. Um, and I think it's uh, it's one of the things Sandy mentioned also. It's making sure that we have m- male and female champions in the business. You know, I look back at the people who gave me my biggest breaks and who who put me in um, in positions that I may not have thought that I was ready for. And it was a great mix of of men and women. And I think it's really important that we continue that that tradition of bringing the next generation up with us and making sure that they they have great opportunities. So yeah, let's do talk about males though stepping up. Speak to that a little bit uh, a, a little bit more. And I'll tell you why I why I ask. I'm on record, and I have gone on air and declared uh, very specifically. I like women. I I like working with women. I think they're smarter, more collaborative. I think they're more comfortable in their own skin. I I think they're uh, and I'm speaking in generalities, but I but I find for the most part women uh, better at cultivating meaningful relationships. I and and I certainly have a, a genuine appreciation for how um, a a female may see things through a different lens than I might. And that there's power in bringing all of that together. So I, I am genuinely interested from a personal <laughs> standpoint. Um, yeah, talk to that a little well, bit. I, I think the issue, and, and, and Sandy, you may want to talk about this as well, is, you know, it's not, and this is, <laughs> I'm always talking about this with my kids, you know, trying to help women succeed in our industries 
it, it's not it's not about being anti male. <laughs> right. You know, being pro women is not anti male. <laughs> not not by any stretch of my imagination. It's it's the fact is that women are dropping out of our industries faster. They are not taking on opportunities. They are not given opportunities. And and the studies show that you kind of hit this level within our industries, within financial industries, within technology industries, within these sectors that that women are dropping out faster. And what we want to do is make sure that we stem that tide and that we keep them in and that we encourage them to um, to to do more in in our space. Because to your point, yes, the way women collaborate and lead is different and uh, and and brings more to the equation. And we want to make sure that we are casting the widest net and making sure that that we we have the advantage of uh, really all the talent that men and women can bring into uh, business environments. Well, I'm glad I asked because I was focused, a perfect example of seeing things through a different lens, I guess maybe I was focused on just the early awareness, let's get the seventh grade. It's both. But but it, but it's but they're dropping out it's, faster it's too? It's both. It's, oh, wow. it's let's, let's make sure that they're aware mm. of these opportunities and comfortable with coding and, you know, not feeling like um, math and science and technology isn't for them. You know, let's get, let's get girls interested in STEM at an earlier age and engaged in STEM at an earlier age. And then also let's make sure that we're doing everything we can to cultivate an environment where women want to stay in our industries longer and not, not uh, leave and go, you know, go do something else because they don't feel welcome in the environment that they're in. I think for me, the one thing that I'm noticing, at least based on conversations I have, whether it's small, medium, or large companies, everyone wants the best talent. But I think within some of the tech companies and possibly engineering, but more tech, you're seeing a culture within the company that women don't, particularly the millennial generation, don't really uh, feel comfortable with. And they're not Mm -hmm. willing to stay. They're wanting to go off and do entrepreneur things or other things. But I think that we're at a point now where we have a generation that's not willing to put up with the sexist behavior and the conversations that are Uh very male specific. So I think that when you've gone from an all-male environment and you bring a female in, everyone almost seems bothered that they have to adjust to fit in a female into that conversation. But I think, to me, this is about the leadership of the organization if you are a good, talented tech person, you should not be, um, you should not feel like you're up against competition from a female. And I do think the cult company culture of some of the tech companies are the reason why you're just seeing more women kind of bypass that and do something totally different. I think within the corporate side, you just have more leaders who've been in places for a, a, a lo- longer period of time and understand the dynamics of creating an environment where women want to be there. And so I think NTT data and others are the model of how that should be. I just think that we are now seeing a generation of women who are pretty much feeling, if I don't feel like I fit in, I'm going elsewhere. And I think that that's, to me, the reason why we're seeing the numbers uh, either stay stagnant or come down. I think Sandy's right. It's about the culture. It's about the environment. 
and it's about all of us making sure that they that that men and women feel welcome in that in that culture and in that environment. So do you feel like you've cracked the code for that at NTT data I services? The code. <laughs> or, or just talk about maybe some of the things that you've tried to yeah, implement I, and, and reinforce. I, I would say we have a very enlightened leadership team at NTT data. And mm-hmm. I never feel, you know, different. <laughs> I never feel unwelcome. <laughs> I never feel, uh, you know, I, I feel those things that I that I want all men and women to feel in an, in an, in an environment that they're working in, which is included welcome my opinions are valid and heard and and I think that's what's uh, that's what's important but I also think that it's um us being myself Mona Anka and other women in the room ensuring that women bring bring your voice to the table first of all take a seat even if you have to knock a few people out so you can sit down <laughs> Um, and I mean, you know, knock them out in terms of. Let's talk move. about that. Let's just, just, just move, move your chair to the side and just sit at the table. And then when I think you're sitting at the table, you've got to have a voice. And I think that this is where um, I was on a panel a few weeks ago, and I don't even. I think I ended up going totally off subject, but I share with the younger generation because it was a very young group that we've we've got to understand when you're up against a global group of people in terms of where the jobs are going to be from from a future perspective. You've got to come to the table knowing you have the confidence to make it happen. Don't raise your hand. Stop saying I'm sorry. There are things that I think that women mm-hmm. do that are natural to our personalities, but it comes across that we're timid, that we're unsure. And unfortunately, I mean, I have a 14-year-old son. You can't tell him he can't do something because he already <laughs> knows he can. He already knows he's the fastest, he's the best, he's the this. But that is almost ingrained in him without me ever saying that. And I think that women women today have to really help create the environment for the younger generation to embrace that power that you have and sit at the table and be heard. Because I think it wasn't until, and I share this story often, it wasn't until I was actually working in London and I think I had had it with my saying something that took two minutes to say, and then my counterpart saying something that took 30 seconds to say and pretty much stealing my idea right in front of my face when I finally had had it. And I finally said something. And I think that... How many times have you said, oh, it sounds so much better when you say it? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Ex- exactly, Mona. Exactly. My idea sounds so much better when right. you say it. <laughs> and I think that it is where I'm trying to do the explaining of why it really is the right solution. And he's basically saying, this is what we're going to do. And I think it's them being able to say it with that level of confidence that just comes across that they know what they're doing, even though I've just said the exact same thing. So I think when we look at the younger generation, it's them coming and being at the table, but really having a voice. And I think the female having a voice to me is um, counterintuitive for some people who really don't want to be, you know, that's why we do raise our hands. That's why we do say, I'm sorry if you interrupt someone. You know, it really is a difference between male versus female, but I think the power of what our voice can share is the most important aspect of it. All right, so it's time for the middle-aged white male to <laughs> say, help. <laughs> no, I, I say that a little bit in, in jest, but but we're getting messages. You got to learn how to work with millennials. You got to learn how to work with people of different ethnicities and religions and cultures. And don't forget about women and I, I mean, maybe this is whining, but it, sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming 
And almost like sometimes, you know, we're under fire too. So I don't know if, I don't know if you, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. And, and that, that's, that's fair. And, um, what is the what is the thing that Mark Mark deals with the men advocating real change the the foundation of it is around is it privilege is it coming from a position? Mark yeah the men advocating real change it's a really good program that Catalyst puts on huh. that that helps men understand white middle aged men understand right. what's going on here and what's going on here is is a lot of what Sandy's son has experienced as a an unconscious bias. Thank you. Um, mm. it, it's it's about it's about unconscious bias. It's about it, when you when you are coming from a position, whether you re- recognize it or not, of having privilege. It's difficult to understand when those who come from a different position are are. Uh, it's difficult to understand kind of where they're coming from. Sure. And, you know, Sandy talks about her 15-year-old son. 14. 14-year-old mm-hmm. son, knowing that he can do whatever he wants to do. Well, a lot of our 14-year-old daughters don't. They're just they're just not uh, raised that way or made that way or, you know, they just don't come into it f- having that self- inherent self-confidence. And it's recognizing that it's recognizing that people you may be dealing with who are who are different than you or may be different than you don't feel like they have the privileges that you yeah. may or may not have. Um, so, so just recognizing that and and helping them overcome that. But I think in a lot of ways, in terms of the fact that we can now even say. You know, there's unconscious bias. There's a variety of things that's happening. You know, I'm I'm being the type of personality that I have. I'm a believer in the pizza pie. As soon as we eat that pizza pie, there's another one coming. And so I think that we've, in some ways, accepted the mentality of when the pie is gone, there's none for anyone else. And I don't buy that. I think that um, we need, you know, every type of person within the world to make the best solutions for, you know, the next generation of problems. So if you think about, um, you know, I was talking to Mohawk Industries. And so um, actually they were here on the show and they were talking about how they're building flooring that has sensors so Mm -hmm. that when a parent falls, they're actually able to know they've fallen. And they're doing this whole internet of things in flooring. I mean, if you think about, if you think about where the world could go, and so it takes, you know, this CIO to figure out what does the technology solution mm-hmm. look like. It's going to take probably uh, several other women who are going to figure out what's the best way to handle that from the elderly parent perspective. Because my generation, which I'm a Generation X, I'm between, I have a child that I'm raising and I have a mother who's 74. And we're now wow. needing every solution we can find. So this internet of things for this flooring that can tell me that my mom has fallen it's just the way it's it's the way of the world and the way that we're going. So in a lot of ways, I want to, you know, just make a statement around we've got to understand the world doesn't begin and end with this one technology. It's going to advance and there's opportunity for everyone. It's really, to me, more around keeping the best talent in place so that we can help find those solutions and not feeling as if everything is a competition. It is a competitive world. There's no doubt about that. But I think at the end of the day, what I found from working with girls 
they're seeing the world from a totally different perspective. And that's fantastic and fabulous. And we should be advocating for them to share those ideas. Oh, yeah. And taking advantage it. of that and Absolutely. making sure that we ha- we can leverage that. Yeah, I mean, that, look at the energy and resource that that is. Mm. And that perspective can be. So the mandate for the white male that genuinely wants to get it right, it's not about walking on eggshells. No, and, not at all. Mm-hmm. But recognize that there Actually, is on the be. contrary. It's okay. about being able to talk about it. It's about being able to bring unconscious biases out and, and talking about them and saying, and, and making sure that you're, you're pulling from the diversity of thought across mm-hmm. your entire uh, employee population. To invest the energy, recognize, just acknowledge, look, I'm going to have unconscious bias, so I I just need to be self-aware enough to know that and then invest some energy in setting that aside and knowing that it's And understanding and pulling out ideas and and encouraging, you know, your your folks to step up and take on opportunities that may be outside of their comfort zones. And then I will have the opportunity to genuinely profit from the diversity Absolutely. and the resource, the energy that we're talking about from perspectives that I may never get the benefit from if I just stay on the, you know, stay in my, in my lane. That's right. right. So tell me more about the work at NTT Data Services. I, you don't have to name names or anything, but I think it would, I know it would be helpful for me and I think our listeners might enjoy, and I know you do so much stuff, so it may be hard to pick one, but well, it might can, be fun. I like can tell example. you a little bit about um, what we do for for Coca Cola okay, here, here in Atlanta. So for Coca Cola, we m- monitor and manage twenty five thousand employee devices uh, across the North American locations. Wow! Um, <laughs> and and you know that's that's a small example of the types of things that we do for multi billion dollar clients who have um, hundreds of thousands of employees. We um, we partnered with the Coca Cola company to develop a really innovative. Automated, uh, automation solution um, because their workforce is becoming increasingly mobile. You know, people are mm-hmm. moving around more. They're they're um, they're not going into the office to get their work done. So we worked with them to come up with this uh, automation solution where their mobile sales staff can be a lot more responsive to their customers and help them design and implement a custom Salesforce automation platform. And now when the salespeople are out in the field, they can get a 360-degree view of what's happening with their customer accounts when they're on site there with the client. And things that processes that used to take hours, maybe even days, uh, now they they can take minutes. And um, so that, you know, it's, it's just helping them be a lot more um, client-centric, uh, customer-centric, and and have the information they need at their fingertips, and that's the that's the type of thing that we do for for all types of clients. And then we're also help create what we call legacy workloads to uh, cloud based platforms, and and hopefully they can take all those cost savings that we're helping them with and uh, redirect them to their fabulous branding efforts because we all love we all love the Coca Cola brand. Uh, but those are the types of examples that we do for clients around cloud, around automation. Uh, around digital transformations. These are all areas that that we're in across the stack. Well, when you can go in like that and reduce friction and shrink the timeline on the scale that you're describing, 
the ROI equation, it must just get silly. I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> seriously, the, the, the ROI on your work must be just off the chart. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about what is that what is that client's business outcome? You know, for the Coca-Cola company, it might be to help their sellers with um, real-time information. For a, for a federal uh, client, it may be more mission-centric. For a government client, mm-hmm. it may be more mission-centric. Uh, for a nonprofit or an educational system, you know, for a university, it may be about retaining retaining their students. Um, you know, it just really depends on what the client's outcome is, what they are trying to accomplish, and and you know, leveraging technology to be able to help them to help them meet that outcome. I mean, like Sandy said, there's never been a better time to be in technology, and there's never been a greater time for for women in technology because we see things differently. And bringing those ideas to bear for our clients uh, is really exciting and fun. But it all starts with identifying, really crystallizing this desired outcome or set of desired right. outcomes. And then from And we there, do that with the client. And it's a very collaborative process. Uh, we have consultants, a very strong consulting practice uh, across the industries. And we, we really work with the client to partner with them to understand what their, what their needs are. What are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to grow? Are they trying to become closer to their customers? Are they trying to retain, you know, students? Are they trying? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to grow into different businesses? Are they trying to expand globally? Depends on what they're trying to accomplish. Consult with them, figure out what they're trying to accomplish, and then we figure out how to apply technology to enable that. So, what leads up to getting to have that? kind of substantive conversation. What what does the whole sales and marketing thing look like? Or does the phone ring and you get referred in and it's just not that (laughs) big of a piece of it? Uh, No, the phone doesn't necessarily ring. I mean, we're talking about, um, you know, million dollar types of sales. Yeah. And so it's, um, it is very, um, you know, it's it's not, it's not, it's not a transaction. You, You don't kind of buy one off our website, although clients do educate themselves a lot by by coming to ntdata.com. So you can certainly educate yourself by doing uh, that kind of research. But for for most clients, you know, every client today really has some kind of technology infrastructure, whether they're a startup or they're, you know, they've, they've been around for hundreds of years. They have some kind of technology foundation. And so many times it's coming in and understanding what their current environment looks like. Uh, in many instances, helping them modernize to new platforms, new ways of doing things, to the cloud, helping them automate. Um, if they're a brick and mortar business and they're trying to, you know, be more mobile centric it's helping them with, with the digital transformation uh, so so it really depends and it's it is a very consultative sale it's very um, you know people oriented it, it takes human yeah. beings to kind of figure out what the problem is and what the challenge what the solution is that you want to apply to it 
Well, the theme I'm picking up here, and candidly, it's a little bit of an eye-opener for me because I was envisioning this to be largely a technical conversation. I knew there would be very little really of it that a, to business I conversation. <laughs> well, and it's so grounded in relationship. Yes, yes. We are a relationship business. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, we pride ourselves on our on our relationships, and and we pride ourselves on the on the fact that so many clients have stayed with us for decades, um, because we have evolved with them as they have evolved. The level of trust that you must need to cultivate and sustain throughout, it, 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 I mean, these folks have to really trust you guys. But our business is a business of marriages. You know, we, when we yeah. have a relationship with a client, it really is a marriage. It, it's, um, it takes a long time to get into, it takes a long time to build that trust. And uh, and it's it's sometimes difficult to extract. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you love them as much as they love you, uh, because you're you really are in it for the long haul. And and they are entrusting us with their business. So much of business rides on technology today. They are mm. entru- They're putting their business in our hands, and they're putting their 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 passengers' experiences and their patients' experiences and their students' experiences and their customers' experiences in our hands, and we don't take that lightly. So, so they, are, they are very important relationships to us. We value our, our clients, and we, we treat it like a marriage and, and like a relationship of trust. It's not transactional by any stretch of the imagination. All right, let's talk about WIC Connect 2017. We're going to do this at the at the stadium. At the new SunTrust Stadium. Business Radio X is going to be yes, there, right? Yes, excellent. We are very excited to have you all there. So. Open bar? Oh, absolutely. Well, you had me? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, That's yeah. the important thing. Exactly. That's the truth. All right, so we, we got speakers coming. Later, what can we expect? So, of course, um, with NTT Data being our presenting sponsor, they will be a part of our program to talk about the importance of the work that they're bringing to the global community, as well as what they're doing to uh, support women in technology as a general um, general thought for their business. Uh, we will have Catherine Finney of uh, uh, Digital Undivided, uh, very interesting background in terms of selling a um, online tech blog, so to speak, and then has come back to uh, jump into the space to support more African-American and Hispanic women in the startup space. So she's actually getting the funding together to help uh, launch these uh, new companies. So she'll be our keynote speaker. And then from there, we're going to have our auction and all the other things that usually go into it. But there are going to be some very happy uh, students receiving scholarships. And I think that is usually the 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 best part of the entire evening is just um, seeing who that student is that wins the NCR uh, $20,000 Scholarship. Um, That's you the know, best part of the night. Watching is. those scholars. I mean, I I, I said uh, I was sharing with some friends recently. I said I'm really like a loser in terms of what I did as a high school student. Our winner last <laughs> Hard year. Hard Our winner last year had spent the last three summers at University of Alabama trying to find a cure for MS because a grandparent had it, and that's what she's going to do when she started at the University of Miami. It's not what I did in my summertime. Uh, my, mine either. <laughs> mine either. So these girls are. They are where I was in college is where they are in high school, and they are really hitting the ground running. So it's just wonderful to hear all those stories. And so, is there some sort of contest or 
thing that these uh, candidates that that are eligible to win this scholarship are going through, or or, or already have been through? Yeah, they're every everyone's in the midst of doing applications now. So it's okay. based on, um, you know, they have to be a Wit Girl or Wit Campus member, and then it's really their references, their what have you been doing that tends to, you know, elevate some of the some of the applicants. And so we'll get down to our final group. I think we'll give out uh, five scholarships this year. Oh, what fun. And the auction environment's cool, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm sure you know who Catherine Finney is. I'm sure you used to watch the budget uh, fashionista. Or mm-hmm. you, 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 I'm sure you, you've uh, been on that site. Well, I raised two girls. <laughs> so, and I've been married to a woman for 27 all years. Right. Uh, then so. they know all about the budget fashionista <laughs> if you don't. But she founded that, and she's, she's really impressive. So responsibilities of a presenting sponsor. You got, There's stuff well, you Well, um, I right? think we get to introduce Catherine. Uh, so we're excited about that and uh, just helping make sure that we have uh, we have folks participate in the program and um, bid on the CIOs and uh, have a good time. All right. So before we wrap, let's make sure that our listeners know where they can go to get their hands on some of this content. You mentioned that there's a lot of education just out there for... Uh, we we yeah. actually try to, on our, on our NTTdata.com uh, website, provide a lot of education for people who are trying to understand, you know, do I, you know, what do I need to do with my infrastructure? What do I need to do with my applications? So we have things like, um, uh, uh, what are those things called where you uh, put in your information that gives you an equation back? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically like, you can you can see where you are based on what you have in your environment. Oh, that would and be helpful. See what your yeah. peers are doing, and right? so like calculators, uh, mm-hmm. ROI calculators. So we have things like that, um, and then uh, we also have a great new ad campaign that we just launched called "We Live for This Stuff," and it's a lot of fun. That it's, sounds kind of edgy. It's, ve- it's yeah. very edgy. Like- it's very different than <laughs> than you know. I like to say to kind of helps us. Um, rise above the sea of sameness in our industry's marketing materials. Right. You know, got people with blue nails and blue lipstick and blue hair, you know, talking about how <laughs> they live for this type of uh, technology transformation that we help our clients with. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely check out the ad campaign as well. All right. So where can they go? Is there like a URL? Yeah, NTTdata.com. Okay. Well, that's easy Slash enough. services. All right. And if someone wanted to have a substantive conversation with you or someone on your team? Is there like a LinkedIn or an area like that that they should Yeah, absolutely. They, they can just uh, find me on LinkedIn, Mona underscore Sharif, C-H-A-R-I-F. All right. And Sandy, let's make sure everybody knows where to go to learn. Because is there still time to, to get involved, sponsor, attend, what all those kinds of things? All of the above. Yeah. So if they go to mywit.org or G, they can find out all the information they need to know for Wit Connect. And of course... Uh, follow us on at uh, WitATL. Well, Sandy, you, as always, you're still batting a thousand. Every time you bring guests into the studio, we have such a great time. We learn so much. Mona, I can't thank you enough. It's my pleasure, and I look forward to coming back in June. Well, this event. has been a lot of fun, and maybe we can get her back in the studio, or, we'll, or maybe we'll do like a, a quick interview on, on site there. But Definitely. I have found this incredibly informative. That would be a lot of fun. You've made th- this morning a lot of What a great way. To, to spend a Thursday morning, huh? Thank you. All right. 
Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Sandy Welfare with Women in Technology. Our guest today, Mona Sharif, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Atlanta Business Radio.